The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Mark Amtower of Amtower and Company, which is entirely responsible for its content. This is Amtower Off Center, sponsored by General Dynamics Information Technology. Every week, author, speaker, consultant Mark Amtower gives you his take on what's going on in the world of government contracting. Amtower Off Center with your host, Mark Amtower. Welcome to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm Mark Amtower. I'm here today with one new guest, one return guest. So I'll introduce the new guest first, uh, William Sanders, uh, who is the director of uh, technical strategy and BD for Oracle Public Sector, and that would be Oracle Public Sector uh, SLED, correct? That's correct. Cool. And Mike Smoyer, the president of the Digital Government Institute. Mike, welcome back. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for having me, and congratulations on your 12th year uh, anniversary with this program. Uh, yeah, time flies, huh? Uh, who knew? Um, so, William, give give us a flavor of, of what you do for, for Oracle, please. So I concentrate on the uh, U.S. state and local market, Canada public sector, and higher ed, which we call SLED. And then I work on the strategy, um, which is translating Oracle products and services specifically into the state and local market. market. Um, and then recruit partners, um, create collateral for the sales teams and our partners, and then, uh, you know, sort of odds and ends, if you will, around business development. Okay. So as, as state and local, um, I, I have to imagine that you have a fair number of partners because you're going to find, you know, reseller shops and uh, small IT shops around the country that specialize in either a school district that's got a fair number of, uh, of dollars to spend or... Um, you know, municipality specialists and all of that. Yeah, it's a very large partner ecosystem, as we call it, because you've got, you know, state and local specialists in general, and then they're going to specialize in particular programs. So some transportation or some labor or some HHS, um, and then some do uh, particular programs that are local as opposed to state. Some do state and federal, um, and then some do U.S. and Canada or Canada only. Or, so it's it's pretty interesting to figure out how you get all of those folks and, and enabled. And then, then manage the relationship. Excuse me, manage the relationships. Wow. Yes. Um, and try not to show too much favoritism. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so can people register bids? Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Okay, bingo. You find it, you own it. <laughs> um, I like that. Some some uh, GWAC program managers take some umbrage to that. Why is only one company bidding? Because they locked it down. Um, <clears throat> and probably brought it to your contract. Uh, so, Michael, for the six people out there who may not know who you are, please uh, <laughs> tell, uh, tell them what you do and what Digital Government Institute brings to the table, please. I am a president and content manager for Digital Government Institute. I've been there since 2007. Uh, we produce conferences and trade shows webinars and training seminars on government technology um, here in the D.C. metro area. Um, you know, you, to follow up with Mark's pun there, I, I think I met Mark back in the late 80s, early 90s, during my days when Fosse used to dominate and uh, be the premier event here in town. I did a stint with running the events for uh, the FCW Media Group, 
I also work for one of the larger trade associations downtown and have produced live events pretty much in every primary city here in the country and uh, some overseas and uh, have a nice, talented, experienced team with us at Digital Government Institute. And we're looking forward to our uh, sixth annual 930Gov coming up here at the end of August. Yeah, and that that brings me to a data point, and I'm not going to reference where I think it came from because I'm possibly wrong. It it, it happened once before, so it could happen again. Um, But I saw a report that indicated that 5 to 7% of the money wasn't spent in the last month or two, but it was spent in the last week. So that, that amount, you know, definitely got my attention. Doesn't mean it's not queued up ahead of time but the trigger's not pulled until that last seven days. And that's just a lot of money, Michael. Yeah, yes, it is. Um, you know, as you know, and you've been kind enough to moderate, uh, we've had a, a session uh, in the afternoon of 930 for many years back with some of the leaders of the uh, GWAC programs here in town and some of the bigger resellers. And, you know, that topic always does come up. It's always very difficult to see if that's already in the pipeline uh, you know, for those of people here in town know, uh, you know, last minute decisions, you know, don't rule some of the larger contracts, but it, it does make sense. I've worked for many uh, for-profit entities, uh, you know, using the calendar year uh, instead of the government fiscal year, you know, so, you know, if I was running a P&L and it's October, November, and, you know, I had some extra money to advertise on something or bring some new you know, software solutions in, I would also do similar things. I just don't know if I'd do it between Christmas and New Year's. But um, yeah, this time of year, you know, Q4 has always been an exciting time here in Washington. I know back when I worked on the Fosse show, they created a, a show called Fed Micro, specifically... July event. Yeah, it was July-August event in, in this quarter, specifically to uh, address some of those year-end sales opportunities for the vendor community out there. You were gone when they changed the name to Fed Pro Expo, right? Yeah, I do not recall that. <laughs> <laughs> Federal Procurement Expo. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, I thought it was silly to change the name. There was a lot of equity in, uh, in Fed Micro, but they thought the positioning was not great. You have an end of FY uh, cycle too, but it's three months earlier for most state and local, right? Yeah, so it's the you know June timeframe for state and local, and then you know obviously October for for federal, and then Oracle's fiscal year is even earlier than that. It's the end of May, so we've got oh, man. three crazy kind of close periods across public sector where there's a lot of pressure, not just on the sales teams, but all on that internal support, the legal teams, the contracting teams, to get all those T's and C's negotiated in the time frame so those deals don't slip. Yeah, but you know the, the, the good thing about Oracle is that so much of your business is public sector that at least at HQ they understand the cyclical nature of both SLED and Fed. So they're not going to hammer you with – silly requests they just they still want the income but they know when it's going to come yeah absolutely so it's absolutely. not going to happen in may <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen before shake that, that tree william it's going to happen before that yep <clears throat> a lot of tree shaking going on <laughs> a whole lot of shaking going on so um i i, I want to focus my questions around the uh 
the Market Connections government contractor study that, that came out recently. And for those listening, you can find it at marketconnectionsinc.com. I believe the official title is the Federal Government Contractors Study 2018 or the 2018 Federal Government Contractor Study. Um, but there's a, a the you have to register. It doesn't cost you anything to get the overview. It will cost you to get the full report. But there's a lot of meat in the in the uh, uh, overview that they provide. So one of the things that was uh, really interesting to me was the uh, uh, disparities between the business development and marketing and some potential conflict areas. So explain your your role is primarily BD, but it has to overlap with the marketing. Absolutely. So how, how do you guys work that? So we have coordination calls constantly between business development, what I call programs, which is about bringing a solution in a particular area to market um, and the marketing team. We so it's a matter of what sales programs are we going to run? What are the, what's the field going to going to target? What are our Oracle Digital or, or Inside Sales going to target? How does that line up with the, the corporate goals? How does it line up with the with the marketing strategy? How does that line up with the messaging? How does that line up with the messaging? I mean, external to a to a customer. How does that line up with the messaging to the partners? So the partners can say the tell the customers the same thing because we use partners as an extension of the sales teams. So all of that gets aligned. Um, in the late spring timeframe for execution during the remainder of the fiscal year. Okay. So late spring, you, you, you still have time to do it. Would you be more comfortable if that happened a little earlier? Oh yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, but the, the, the issue is that's the beginning or a little earlier is the either end of the third quarter for Oracle or beginning of the fourth. So um, it, it, the timing just do, doesn't sync up perfectly right. well with uh, that may end of FY for Oracle itself. Right, right. kind of throws a monkey wrench, um, small monkey wrench, <laughs> but a monkey wrench nonetheless. Right. Um, Michael, when you're talking to people about uh, uh, exhibiting at events, are you talking to the BD people, marketing people? Or are you moving up the food chain? Does it depend on company side? Very rarely are we talking to uh, business development people when it comes to uh, a live event. I mean, it does occur, you know, if my team and I are out in the many industry events that, you know, you participate in, you know, you'll bump into someone like William and William will go, you know, hey, because he knows what's going on internally in Oracle. And, you know, if there's a program and he knows there's someone speaking at one of the events or if there's going to be a focus area, he go, he might come to me and ask for some information but a majority of what we deal with are the uh, marketing departments uh, for the serious discussions, you know, on aligning, you know, the history of our show, who's coming, you know, what level they are, what interest level they are, you know, what solutions are they interested in, and trying to align that, as just William said, and to see if there's a good fit, you know, for potential success. Um, so I, I'd say it's marketing people, then definitely the sales organization right behind that with bd third okay who shows up to man the booze <laughs> uh usually it's uh you know th that's a great question because it's changed over time recently we see more and more of the marketing people actually you know showing up first and then sales people coming in um 
you know, business development, you know, that, that, that's tough to say, but usually it's the marketing and then salespeople based on that organization's belief on who's going to be attending the show. Uh, the organizations definitely try to align the sales team they're putting into the booth with um, the prior audience or the expected audience to come. Yeah, so for us, it's kind of um, what type of show is it? Is it a show that's focused on a particular segment like it's an HHS show? Mm-hmm. In which case, we're going to want our HHS program person at the booth. Um, for demo purposes, we're going to want our sales consultants or enterprise cloud architects at the booth. Um, and then the salespeople there for once that conversation gets interesting and we want that conversation to continue, then the salesperson is going to get involved to get the rest of the um, logistics set up for follow on discussions. But we generally want the either the industry knowledgeable people or the service or product knowledgeable people at the booth, manning the booth there to answer questions. Cool. It- it is a big challenge uh, for organizations, and, and you know, I, I can tell I've been working very closely with Oracle this summer. Uh, they are a title sponsor for 930Gov coming up. Um, based on all the conversations I have, they, they definitely seem to have their act together uh, from start to finish on what they're trying to accomplish. But it can be quite challenging for some organizations. Uh, a lot depends on size, their experience. You know, if there's been recent turnover, you know, the past five to 10 years, uh, quite a lot of organizations seem to reorganize or restructure whatever the proper term would be on an annual basis. And, and I, I've seen sometimes that that definitely makes it more difficult to succeed at events. You know, when you do a major st- strategical operational shift on, you know, everyone's used to if this, then, and these people go. And, you know, like you said, systems architects are going to be there. And if you totally change that, you know, there's a lead up time to make that a success. And that could radically impact the success at a live event on messaging, who's in the booth. Two, do you have the right people in to answer the questions for people that are going to walk in there? Mm-hmm. I know that sounds very fundamental and simplistic, but it can get very complicated. <clears throat> with some organizations based on whatever organizational structure they decided to select for, say, fiscal year 2018. Right. Okay. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I shall return uh, with Michael and William right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm Mark Amtower. I'm here with Mike Smoyer, President, Digital Government Institute, and William Sander, uh, the Director of Technical Strategy and BD for Oracle Public Sector. You can find them both on LinkedIn. Um, of course you can. So, Michael, one of the things when, when I sat through the briefing uh, the, the study, by the way, was co-sponsored by the Professional Services Council and the Merit Group, uh, but done by, by Market Connections. Uh, when I was sitting through the briefing, when they hit upon this next point, I'm going, holy guacamole, it's, it's back up at the top. The, uh, the, the top item in the marketing budget for the company's survey, and there were 200 companies, I think primarily – uh, fed, uh, services, not product, but was event sponsorships. So, uh, from you, uh, is, is, do you, do you see this as a trend? Have you felt this as a trend? And, and for William, I want to know what your criteria is for, 
recommending those sponsorship levels or your your level of participation? Oh, we we've definitely seen uh, an increase in interest in in live events uh, from many of our clients. But you know, when you use the term live events, there, there's many different uh, aspects of that. I, I'd say one trend that has become pretty prevalent the past seven to ten years is most of the major industry leading brands, you know, to include Oracle, will do what I call an annual government day. They have many different names, but it's to bring that organization's <clears throat> ecosystem in to include all their partners and give a, a one day long, you know, here's our approach to uh, the federal government. I would say, you know, you go back 30 years ago, that was a pretty rare occurrence. You know, most of the spending was on the big trade show organizers or the media companies. Right. Um, so, I mean, as anyone knows, you could go downtown in what I call the busy season, you know, after Labor Day till Thanksgiving. And then, you know, it keeps getting earlier every year. I'd say it's from Valentine's Day to the second week in June. You could go to any property inside the Beltway, especially downtown, and there will be one of the media companies, Digital Government Institute, or one of the Government Day events going on to include many organizations doing their own things. There's all the nonprofit groups. You mentioned some of them, you know, PSC that do all their ACT, IAC, Affirm. Um, yeah, I, I would say when you look at sponsorship and so forth, there is a desire to get sales and BD people in front of potential clients in a live event format. And, and I'm very excited about when I saw this great report that Lisa DeZuti and Aaron over at Market Connections uh, put forth. Um, yeah. How can you not like it? So yeah. you're, you guys participate in, in lots of events. I've, I've written in, uh, in my first book, I, I write about Oracle's Roadshow back in the 80s and 90s. Um, <clears throat> so what's your criteria for show participation and then level of participation. So when we do, uh, uh, we're going to sponsor a show put on by somebody else. Um, we are aggressively tracking the history of leads that we've gotten out of that show. And <clears throat> if we are not generating leads, then the, the sales teams are not interested in sponsoring those events. Marketing's not going to get money for it. If we generate leads and lots of them, and there's a lot of attendance and we have the opportunity to, craft the message and, and distribute the message we want to be able to do, then we're all in in terms of sponsoring those events. So they need to be well well attended. Um, we need to have some ability to craft the message we want, and we need to be generating a lot of leads. Um, that's for sponsorship. But we do things other than that. We do our own road shows on occasion. Um, we do one in public sector we call Best of Open World, where you know, generally government has a hard time getting out to San Francisco for open right. world. Yeah. So we take a road show uh, and bring the best of that to, to the customers. Um, that's one thing. We do a lot of other um, small events. We do cloud days or tech days on site for particular customers. Um, and then we'll do those in conjunction with partners as well. So it's a, a real breadth of this, the type of events that we're going to do um, and how much control we've got over that message. And then we also do webinars and blogs and white papers and all of that stuff to generate interest as well. Cool. So, Michael, um, I'm, I'm not going to mention the company because I really don't want to irritate them um, publicly <laughs> yet. 
um, <laughs> soon maybe I don't know. Um, but you know, one of the things is is the messaging when you go to the shows. So um, <clears throat> there was a a, a company at nine thirty gov last year that was highlighting their recent FedRAMP uh, uh, certification. It, you know, there's three stages. You, you start the process, you're FedRAMP ready, but when you get a sponsorship, then you're FedRAMP authorized. So they had just gotten authorized, and the signage on their booth highlighted that. Two of their competitors were there, and um, they they had these nebulous taglines that mean nothing. Um, how important is, and William, I want you to jump in here too, because you do these things. How important is the booth messaging? Well, I, I, you know, we obviously do an audience survey after every event we do. You know, you can never have enough data, you know, to, to constantly tweak your event to meet the needs of your constituencies, which are your sponsors and attendees. And, you know, last year there were quite a few comments uh, from government attendees that came to 930Gov um, asking DGI to help uh, explain to exhibitors to keep it as simple as possible. They want to be able to walk down an aisle and clearly look and go, okay, that company can potentially solve the problem I have. That company can potentially solve the problem I have. And I, I, I think you know, just putting up there, we do digital transformation or we're a cloud company and things like that. Sometimes don't do that. And, you know, if you really break down a live event, it, it's kind of different than, than other aspects. You actually have the buyers having to go work to find solutions, you know, to their product, you know, versus the typical Oracle having the BD sales, trying to go out and find opportunities. At an event, you know, you have the buyers walking there and what they want to do is as simply as possible be able to go, I need to see these companies. Um, and, you know, FedRAMP has been wonderful for a lot of companies coming in and uh, it has created a lot of uh, interest in competitors, as you mentioned, to get the FedRAMP certification. Right. But as we all know, it, it is kind of like just being on a GWAC or on Schedule 70. You know, all that does is the seatbelt signs off and, you right. know, it gets you closer to, to the end zone, but you still need to go out and do all the things that probably William's going to share with us here. Yeah. William, I want you to hold your thought, though. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'll be back for William's slant right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. Uh, we were pursuing a conversation on messaging at uh, at trade shows uh, any live event. So, William, how, how important is this for for you as a BD guy, especially if you're at an event? What do you want your booth to say? So we we have a lot of internal conversations specifically around this. Like, <clears throat> what is it the message that we we want to um, display to to what audience? Because at, at Oracle we have a little bit of a disadvantage. Um, we have an on premise. Um, a solution for just about everything. We have a cloud solution for just about everything. What of those things are we actually wanting to hone in on a particular conference? What message is it? 
is the autonomous message going to play well this week versus uh, a hybrid cloud message this week? So that generates a lot of discussion. Then once that's solidified around that theme, everything comes out from there. But we do want it, as Mike mentioned, to be very simple so you know um, what what it is we're, we're promoting and, and the conversation we're intending to have with you. Okay. Because, you know, every every now and again you see, you know, a booth for a small company and, you know, it's it's the generic. We're a systems integrator. What do you need? Well, we, we do anything. What do you, you know? Yeah, we'll yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. We, we really try to tailor it in a lot better than that. But the, the, the difficulty then still is the number of products and services Oracle offers. Um, we can do anything. It makes it very difficult. Yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, I, I think, you know, when you go back, when I started in this industry 30 years ago, the big horizontal show was there. You know, and, and that was the same on some of the military, you know, FC, a tech net. Uh, Comnet, you know, uh, Fossey, where you you were addressing everything in government technology, and that was the place to go. Then the trend became verticalization. You know, your your cyber people went to cyber events. Your enterprise architects went to EA events. Uh, knowledge managers were going to knowledge management events and so forth, which kind of made it easier for marketers because you could tailor your message very specifically to that or if you had an enterprise architecture solution you can come to an enterprise architecture event uh i my own belief is and and why we created 930 gov and what 930 gov does represent uh i just didn't want to call our annual trade show the digital government institute annual trade show i thought september 30th and using 930 and putting gov by it was a little catchier for marketing and you know mark you and i've talked about that uh but uh, it, you know, it, it still may confuse a few people, but frankly, those people aren't probably attuned to our budget cycle. But what we wanted to do, um, and, and this also happens on the attendance side, you know, back when that scandal happened, that kind of put a clamp down Ooh. on what events some people in the public sector to go. And every agency's different. I just had uh, lunch with a long-term uh, person that just moved to one of the big um, defense-oriented agencies. And we were talking about what he's, where he's allowed to speak, what events he's allowed to attend, and what we think's an opportunity. Uh, you know, up until six years ago, DGI only did vertical conferences, you know, cloud, um, and, you know, we did IPv6, you know, cybersecurity, that if we create a one-day event, with multiple disciplines, some government people can go, hey, I'm going to that cyber event. But then while they're there, they don't have to sit in that room the whole day. They could go see something on IT modernization, customer experience, and you know, to use that old term, you know, put more tools in the toolbox to make them more valuable for whatever IT department they're working for. And provide an opportunity for companies like Oracle and, you know, and, you know, IBM and some of those other organizations that have solutions in many different areas to come and provide, you know, the depth and breadth going, hey, we're more than these little verticals. Look at, we, we can come in and, and really help you. When you talk modernization, that hits a lot of these different things. And we're starting to see that really starting to gel this year with 930 gov yeah so that's you know oracle thinks of that as a strength in terms of where we win it's breadth and depth 
Um, and when we go to a conference that has a, a lot of um, tracks like that, we're looking for an overarching theme uh, and then really bearing down on those tracks and bringing those solutions with demos that are going with the experts uh, on site to answer questions and the sales people there to follow up um, and, and make those contacts and generate the leads. But your approach is absolutely what we're looking for because it highlights what we have, which is breadth and depth. But back to messaging then, you know, when you're so used to, okay, we're going to tailor our message to whatever the demographics of this cyber event. And some are just cyber and DOD. Some are specific as cyber and one of the divisions of DOD. Um, it does create a challenge for those marketing departments and messaging, you know, with the federal office and the corporate office, because the corporate might have a whole theme going on that might need to be tweaked a little on the federal. And then when you provide a, a horizontal opportunity that's checking a lot of the boxes that might be on, you know, the corporate here are objectives for this year, it, it does kind of create a challenge. You know, how do we, you know, position Oracle on the overarching theme, but then have the specific, you know, how we're solving problems in cyber, how we're solving problems in emerging technologies and modernization or cloud um, which makes this industry fun. I guess that's the way to, what would you say? William? Yeah, that, that, <laughs> it, it does make it fun. And you know, we're, we're lucky in terms of having a, a BD organization that's based on industry expertise. Um, and your ability to be in that organization depends on your ability to do, to do both BD and bring industry expertise. So if you want to go down a vertical path, great. We've got the experts for that. You want to go horizontal. Great. We can do that too. And then we've got, you know, specialists um, from a technical perspective that go both directions, uh, horizontally and vertically, so we can bring them in for content and answering questions and going deep technically with people in the booth that are interested. So we've got, because we're a big company, we can do both. Um, and we're organized to do that. But a lot of companies aren't set up nicely the way we are in order to, to respond the way we can. And I would say that's probably the reason a lot of the, the bigger brands have started to do you know, brand X government day uh, is because it gives them an opportunity over the course of a full day to, to drill down and do their depth and breadth of solutions, get out of just the, the buzzwords and really get down to here's how we're helping our clients uh, solve the problem. Okay. Um, brings up a couple of things for me on the BD side. Uh, I, I do a lot of work with companies on leveraging LinkedIn to build those thought leadership, subject matter expert platforms. And oftentimes the people I'm working with in BD are subject matter experts, but to your point, for a specific agency. And when that's highlighted, their job really becomes much easier because they're they're showing an expertise there. They're posting articles on their profile and in their groups related to that specific agency and the problems that it, it faces. Um, so the, you know, social media showed up in here, but the way it showed up was kind of weird. Social media ads was pretty high in this. And um, I, I was surprised because I, I really doubt the effectiveness of some of them, not all of them. I, I, I think it's still early for me to make that determination on, on advertising on social media and, and the direct ROI. Um, although uh, I am doing that, I, uh, DGI works with Gov Events. Mm -hmm. um, and we As have- As well you should, yeah. They, they do quite a lot of social media. I have a dedicated person 
to um, look at our content and our sponsoring organizations and to tweet out to our audience uh, what we're doing and use the proper hashtags, you know, in an effort to have the broadest reach possible. But it, it's difficult for me to ascertain, you know, when you're allocating my own budget at DGI, our marketing budget, and how much goes to social media. It's not the predominant um, mechanism to drive audience yet. Yeah, us either. Um, okay. the, the, the reason I ask is when I'm coaching companies on this, I'm counting on their individual profiles to attract attention and to generate leads and using the space and the verbiage to maximize the impact. So one of the grossly underused parts of LinkedIn especially is that background shot, the shot behind your head where LinkedIn has that nebulous little pale blue uh, dot thingy. And, and that's editable space. You know, at bare minimum, your corporate logo. Uh, if you're an expert in an area, create a word cloud that involves all of the phrases around what you do. There's a lot of ways you can use this. And yeah, I'd say 90 plus percent of the profiles don't. So, um, so I think that's going to be a more effective approach than spending money on digital advertising, uh, at least initially. Yeah, I think, you know, when Twitter first came out, you know, there was a lot of the media companies, you know, were encouraging government people to tweet and, you know, give their positions on things. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how all this plays out with the GDPR, uh, even though it's, it doesn't really impact the states. It has impacted DJI in a way. Some of our larger sponsors that do business globally are asking what our policies here, even though 99% of the people that come to our, organ, you know, our events are local. I, I would say the predominant one by far, Mark, and you know this, um, is LinkedIn. And, you know, I'll give a shameless plug, or maybe I'll just say I did hire Mark uh, to be a consultant to myself and my team to how to better utilize LinkedIn. Uh, when I'm looking for someone to speak in our program, or if, if a business development person or a salesperson calls me and before you know, we, or if we have a setup call, I go to that LinkedIn profile to see, you know, how long have they been doing this? Where else have they worked? So I'm better prepared when I have that conversation. And uh, I think it's invaluable. Um, and, you know, we've been doing an unofficial survey. Every uh, person that attends one of our events, I have someone on my team to see if they're in LinkedIn or not. And I haven't done, you know, the necessarily statistics, but I can say this for the people, the people out there in the vending community want to interact with, most of them do have a LinkedIn profile. Yeah. There's two million there's feds tons on of information yeah. on it. Yeah. yeah you're, you're absolutely yeah. looking up those LinkedIn profiles, but you might also be looking up a Facebook profile to figure out what their interests are. Mm -hmm. So in some, some downtime, you could get a personal connection going because you've got a, a, an interest that they're interested in as well. So bingo. Yeah. We're going to take our last break here. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'll be back with William and Michael right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm Mark Amtower 
one last time. I'm here with William Sanders, Director of Technology uh, Technology Strategy and Business Development for Oracle Public Sector. I can get that right. Uh, and Mike Smoyer, President of Digital Government Institute. And we were talking between takes here about what we wanted to wrap up with. And mercifully, it's how I start both uh, government marketing best practices uh, and selling to the government and probably just about any uh, public seminar I'm doing on doing business with the government. This is a relationship-driven market. So um, I'm going to start with you, William, because, you know, you're you're involved in SLED. So you've got 88,000 governments out there. <laughs> that, that you're responsible for selling Oracle stuff to, and, but you 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 talked about um, building that reseller network, the, all of the service components you need out there in every state, in every municipality, uh, you know anybody who has a budget anyway. So um, how do you start these relationships? So uh, you're right. We absolutely lean on the the partners to establish a relationship and help us um, leverage our, our own individual sales team uh, to do that. But I want to kind of back up just a hair. So my background is in state government in Kansas. I was a deputy chief of staff to a governor. Then I went off to a state agency. I was the unemployment insurance program director for the state. And I doubled as the CIO for what's now called the department of labor. And I made buy decisions and I didn't make a buy decision from anybody I didn't trust. I didn't make a buy decision from anybody I couldn't look in the eye and say, what are your goals? What are you trying to get out of it? And if they told me they wanted to make profit and that was it, I just rolled my eyes, I'm done with you. That's not what you want personally out of this. And I would tell them what I needed personally out of this, in addition to what the government needed. If I, if I couldn't believe them that they were going to help me achieve my, achieve my goals, I didn't think they could help the government achieve its goals either it's it's very that that connection one-on-one i'm going to risk my career i was appointed um which means that when you hear the magic words your services no longer please me you're done that's all it takes so you're risking your career when you do a project and on a project that's um high risk because you're trying to improve something you better be betting that they can absolutely deliver it no one ever gets fired for having crappy service and maintaining it you get fired for having crappy service and making it worse or having crappy service, trying to make it better and making it worse. So there's a lot of risk involved in projects. It's a personal connection that matters. Okay, but you still have to manage a bunch of resellers and service providers in a number of, of disparate situations, and you're not going to know all of them. No, no, we're not. And, we, you know, so individually, I'm not going to. Um, I'm going to rely on our internal channels team to help me with vendor, with partner selection. Um, and we're going to see how those partners perform in, in sales meetings and calls and in conferences and webinars. Can they establish that, that, that level of remotely? And then we're going to see it in person at events. Um, there's a lot of vetting that goes on before, you know, we're going to lock in with this particular partner for this particular opportunity. It's not just who wants to bid. Okay. And, and Michael, you know, you, you intimated that you've both been in and out of the market over your 30-year career in events. So, um, but, you know, you had enough impact in the first part of your career in government that when you came back, 
you had a pretty significant uh, uh, name recognition value to you. How many of those relationships were you able to, you know, not necessarily pick up where you left off, but revitalize? Oh, um, you know, that that's a great question. You know, I, I maybe to answer it, you know, and I think I mentioned this, you know, last time I was on your show, I, I go by a simple mantra, the three R's, resume, reputation, relationship, and you need all three of those to succeed in this marketplace. And, you know, but I, I think relationship is, is probably the most important. Any contractor or subcontractor I work with, I know, I know the president of the organization. You know, I, I think you, you're citing uh, market connections here right now. I've known Lisa Dizzuti for just probably as long as I've known you. They do fantastic work. If I needed to partner with anyone on research, that's who I'd go to. Doesn't mean there aren't great other alternatives here. It's just I and, and you hear a lot from the podium about trust, you know, from government people. We how can we trust to make sure this is done? And especially with what's happening now in the public sector. Um, when you look at the average CIO's lifespan, you look at the budget cycle. You look at the rapid change of technology, throw in new executive branch elections and all the change that that brings in the 18 months, the two years that it takes till, you know, that hits. And then there's another election. Um, you know, I, I, I think that's one of the underreported other not discussed as much as the important relationships. I know it helps us when we're looking for speakers or people to be on our advisory committees, you know, they feel comfortable knowing they can come sit in a room and 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 share with other government peers and know I am not going to exploit that information for personal gain. And that over the years I've demonstrated to the communities we represent that I care. And and all we're trying to do is bring the buyers and sellers together to try to figure out what the best solution is moving forward and to help careers on both sides of the fence, whatever that is. And um, so, yeah, relationships are key. And, and the thing is, um, the only advice out there, you know, for someone new getting in the channel, you can't build a relationship with one handshake and in a booth interaction or coming up to someone that that spoke. You know, they're you, you know, you've got to be around. You got to pay forward. They got to they got to see you in, in multiple you know, different situations and time and professionalism build relationships. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was uh, I spoke at AFSIA uh, a couple weeks ago uh, as, as well. And one of the uh, panelists said, you know, the most irritating phrase he had ever heard is fake it till you make it. You know, we've all heard that one. And, you know, there are few things worse than faking it in any market, but particularly this market. This is a very insular market. So if you purport to be something that you are not, word will get around. People yes. will, will will know this. You're, you're vettable uh, by relationships on LinkedIn, by just a tremendous number of, of methods. So... Um, we've got a couple of minutes left, so let me let me ask um, both of you this question because I am such a LinkedIn aficionado. Uh, William, how much do you use LinkedIn to develop your network and to stay in touch with them? 
I use it pretty much every day. Um, so one personally, I'm interested in what my, my network is doing. Um, so I'm looking at that. And then from, from an Oracle perspective, Oracle sends me articles I might be interested in. And then I make a determination whether I want to publish those out as well. So I get hit sort of from both sides. Um, one is just an interest. What are my friends doing? Uh, what are my connections doing? And then also, you know, from, from Oracle, Hey, your connections may be interested in this. Let's, let's push that out there. Yeah, the, the content side is huge because that creates more visibility for you as well. Right, absolutely. So whether or not you, you post it on your profile or as a, a discussion in a group. Yeah, that's exactly I'm I put a lot of it really on my profile. So the, the people that are connecting with me are like, see what I'm interested, what I'm putting forward. You're, you become a content provider as well as a LinkedIn profile. Absolutely. Bingo. Michael. I've made it part of my daily routine now uh, when, well, you know, owning or, or running your own business, uh, you know, it is a seven week venture. You know, I'm sitting here looking at William has his laptop open here. You know, that's a common occurrence no matter where I go. But, you know, the first thing I usually do besides getting a cup of coffee is read the local media, the government IT media, what's going on, what's in the news. And then I open up LinkedIn to see you know, the job changes or anniversary dates, birthdays and all stuff like that. So if there's someone I've met over the course of time, I'll shoot them a quick note just to keep that uh, relationship going. And uh, one of the things my team and I are, are also doing, you know, when you're a long-term player, you know, everyone's always running around, you know, wanting to meet CIOs, but most of the work, most of the decisions happen underneath that CIO level. And, you know, procuring, you know, even IT specialists, you can see some of the up and coming stars. Uh, we'll put them on the program. You know, we, we view part of our role, too, is to help the professional development. So we don't just look for people with a C title to come speak at our events, uh, because we believe, you know, if we invest now, the IT specialist will become the program manager, which will become running uh, a department someday, which might become, you know, a, a deputy CTO, which might then become what everyone here in town want, wants to uh, interact with. And, and we love helping people push along their careers uh, to the best of our ability. And I think you cannot do that without LinkedIn. I agree with that. And, you, and you, they give an, an interesting perspective as well. Um, on how the organization works from the inside, which you aren't going to get from the C-suite. There you go. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in. I had a great time. I hope you did. Absolutely. Thank and you. I think thank you, you Mark. a fair amount of info with our, with our listeners here. Uh, Mike Smoyer, president of Digital Government Institute, and William Sander, director of technology, strategy, and BD for Oracle's public sector, state, and local. Uh, and and uh, education, so SLED, uh, and, and Canada. And Canada, yeah. Uh, this is not my day job. I, I do advise a variety of companies on a number of issues impacting marketing to the government. Uh, there are a few slots left in my year-long small business program, uh, small according to SBA standards, and it doesn't have to be set aside. So if you're interested in talking about that, drop me a line at mark at federaldirect.net. And thank you very much for listening to Amtower Off Center. 
You've been listening to Amtower Off-Center, sponsored by General Dynamics Information Technology. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear the entire show or any of our weekly programs anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Amtower Off-Center, only on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. This just in. Reportedly, pigs can fly. <laughs> We're going live to... Can't take another crazy headline? Well, here's something you can appreciate. The MyGM Rewards card gives you best-in-class rewards with four points for every dollar spent everywhere and seven total points earned per dollar spent with GM, bringing you one step closer to a new GM ride. That's the power of appreciation from us to you. Subject to credit approval, terms and limitations apply. Visit MyGMRewardsCard.com.